My Weekly Milk Where one can be fed with the milk of the Word of God, be stirred up in the Spirit and filled with spiritual strength to face the challenges we might encounter during the week and come out victorious. We should forward this My Weekly Milk to as many people as we think it might bless. Remember, the Bible has the final authority. Therefore, brethren, whatever you read in this letter, be like the Christians of Berea who went back and checked in the Scriptures if it was so. Presented to you by Jerry Melander, but everybody calls me G. Read by Lynn Giles and published by Calvin Giles. Topic, David's Sexual Sin Exposed The reading today is 2 Samuel 12, verse 1 to 13. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him, and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveller unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given you such and such things. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes, and give them unto your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Chapter 1 You are the man, you are the woman. 
David was a man after God's own heart, for the Lord said, The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people. 1 Samuel 13 verse 14 So, David was a man who loved justice and righteousness like God, for the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. Psalm 97 verse 2 the Lord loves righteousness and justice. Psalm 33 verse 5 So, when Nathan narrated to David the story of the ewe lamb of the poor man that the rich man took, the nature of God in him for justice was stirred up, and he wanted to avenge the poor man because he had been defrauded. David committed that sexual immorality in the night and did it secretly. He thought only a few people were aware of that sexual immorality that he committed with Bathsheba, for in 1 Samuel 11, where the story of the adultery that David and Bathsheba committed is told, it was at evening, and David sent messengers to take Bathsheba. David was sure that his messengers would keep it secret. I remember a dear brother who used to teach in Bible college I was attending, and he told us a story of a Christian sister who was in Mongolia. She was committing sexual immorality only at night because she thought God does not see what she does in the dark. The brother told her that it does not matter to God, darkness or light are the same to God. David later said, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I go up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the furthest parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light around me, yeah, the darkness does not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. As is the darkness, so is the light to you. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12. So you see, brothers and sisters, you and I cannot hide from the presence of the Lord or from His Spirit. Some think if they take their wings and fly to exotic destinations, thinking nobody knows us there, or if we decide to go on a Caribbean cruise, thinking at sea nobody can see us, or if we rent a nice hotel room, or if we decide to do those things at night, people won't see us. We are deceiving ourselves. The Lord is there and sees everything. So... David thought the secret was well kept, but God knew it, for God was there and saw all things, and even revealed it to Nathan the prophet. A dear sister called me one day and told me a dream that she had had about one of her relatives. The Lord told me that the relative had had an abortion. She was surprised, for she never told me anything about that relative of hers, but God knows everything about everybody, for nobody can hide from his presence. And both when the sexual immorality was being committed and when she went for the abortion, God was there and standing beside her. David's sin was exposed, and he was convicted of his sin and repented. David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And 
Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. 2 Samuel 12 verse 13 Chapter 2 You are not a worse sinner than other sinners. David not only committed adultery, but also committed murder. He arranged for Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. When we read 1 Samuel 11, we see how David plotted to kill Uriah. Uriah was lo loyal to David and refused to go to his house and sleep with his wife. David was trying to set him up so that the pregnancy would not be seen as David's but Uriah's. When David saw that he could not prevail, he plotted to kill him in a battle so that it would look like a war casualty. He placed Uriah in front so that he would be killed. David was afraid that when the womb of Bathsheba started becoming big because of the pregnancy, words would get to Uriah and Uriah would tell everybody that it is not his pregnancy since he's been at war and even when he came back to Jerusalem he did not set foot at home. So the matter would become known that David had impregnated Bathsheba. I tell you the truth. It is when we try to cover up our sins that we end up even committing murder like David did. We are afraid of what people will say. I was talking to a sister and was telling her my story. I told her before coming back to the Lord I was living in sin, in fornication. And one day the woman I was living in fornication with told me that she had missed her period so she thought she might be pregnant. I told her, you need to abort that baby because I was not ready to have a child. Thank God, three days later she started her period and it was just a false alarm. But the Lord spoke to me, Jerry, you are a murderer. I was convicted because I read in the Bible Jesus telling us, You have heard that it was said to the ancients, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5 verse 27 to 28 And John tells us, Everyone hating his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has everlasting life abiding in him or her. 1 John 3 verse 15 I tell you the truth, that I was a murderer according to God, because when I heard that false alert of the pregnancy, my thought was to abort the baby, to kill it. Jesus tells us, You are of your father the devil, and the lusts and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and did not abide in the truth, because there was no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. John 8 verse 44 I agreed with the word of God that even thinking of an abortion was already a murder in the eyes of God. I cried out to the Lord, and that's when I came back to the Lord. He healed my backsliding and loves me freely. Hosea 14 verse 4 People will ask Jesus, when does life start according to God? The Bible tells us about John the Baptist. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall neither drink wine nor strong drink. 
and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Luke 1, verse 15. So even in the womb, the Spirit of God is already in the baby. God said to Jeremiah, The word of Jehovah came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, and before you came forth out of the womb, I consecrated you, set you apart, sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 to 5. So God... So God knows a baby even before he is conceived in the womb, and from the first day of the pregnancy, the Lord has already set that baby apart for his purpose and has a great destiny for that child to change the world for his name. In the Bible days, they did not have the equipment we have now to abort children, so they waited for the baby to be born, and they burned that baby in the fire to the demon Molech. Leviticus 18, verse 21, and Leviticus 20, verse 2 to 5. The Lord associated idolatry with adultery and all sexual immoralities because that is the way they serve demons. So killing babies by aborting them or by burning them in the fire is of the devil, for he is a murderer from the beginning. After I had shared my testimony with a sister, she went home at night and wept, for when she was younger and in university, one of her female friends, who was living in fornication, got pregnant, and she took her to a private clinic to abort the pregnancy. I was witnessing to another sister and her mother, and the sister said she aborted one of the pregnancies and wondered if God could forgive her for that murder and receive her. I said, God through the death of Jesus, forgave you of the guilt of bloodshed if you become born again. And that sister and her mother gave their lives to Christ that very day. You see, David did not kill Uriah, but he arranged that the Ammonite should kill him in battle, and God held David responsible. I told that sister what Jesus told me when he convicted me of murder for just thinking of an abortion. If we confess our sin... God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 verse 9 God promised in the new covenant saying, I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed whom I have not acquitted for the Lord dwells in Zion. Joel 3 verse 21 you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hebrews 12 verse 22 to 24. Yes, the blood of Abel is not acquitting anybody of the guilt of bloodshed, murder, abortion and manslaughter, but the blood of Jesus is speaking better things on your behalf and is acquitting us even of the guilt of bloodshed, murder, abortion, manslaughter. So why don't we confess our bloodsheds and repent of them so that Jesus, who is our mediator, may plead our cause before God the judge who will acquit us of them?
David, when his sins of adultery and murder were exposed, confessed them, saying, I have sinned against the Lord. He accepted his responsibility. Luke tells us, Some were present at the same time reporting to him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices, and answering, Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were sinners above all men who lived in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent you will all likewise perish. Luke 13 verse 1 to 5 Some people committed the same sins but were simply not caught. There are many people who live in fornication or adultery, but they simply do not get pregnant or impregnated. So, if you look at them, you would think that they were better people than other believers. Some believers before coming to Christ, or even when they were born again, fell into sexual sin and were pregnant and decided to keep the babies instead of aborting them, whereas others decided to abort the baby. So, in churches, they look down on the sister or brother who has a baby born from fornication or adultery and respect or esteem the brother or sister who has not had a baby from adultery or fornication. What they do not know is that maybe that brother or sister is practicing sexual immorality or has even aborted many pregnancies. Jesus and God know what every one of us is doing in secret and what we are thinking of. When we see people that have been caught in sexual immoralities, like the woman in John 8, who was caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus extended mercy to her. He did not condemn her, for there are many people, even in churches, who have been living in sexual sin and even committing abortions. He did not condone their sins either, but he convicted her of her sins and told her to go and sin no more. He did not tell her, go and sin some more, so that you can come back next Sunday and ask for forgiveness again. No, that is not repentance. Repentance is to be remorseful and sorry for what we have done and deciding to turn our backs on those sins and then deciding to do them no more. If someone decides to confess his or her sin, but is planning in his or her heart to go back to do the same sin, he or she is not repenting of those sins. It is religion, not Christianity. So Jesus tells us, unless we repent, we will suffer the same fate. A decree or word pronounced by God or a fixed sentence by which the order of things is prescribed, hence inevitable necessity. The, the thing with abortion, it hurts you and torments your mind. But I tell you, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, like he did David. God forgave him for both the adultery and the murder. And remember, when you give your life to Christ and have truly repented of your sins and no longer live in that sin, Jesus tells you, there, 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Romans 8 verse 1 And if your heart is still condemning you, this is the word of the Lord to you. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge and cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews 9 verse 14 There is power in the blood of Jesus, not just to forgive you, but also to cleanse your conscience from that guilt and condemnation of a life that has been destroyed, to cleanse you from your bloodshed guilt. If our heart accuses us or condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not accuse us or condemn us, we have confidence towards God. 1 John 3 verse 20 to 21 So God knows what you and I have done, and He knows that we are genuine in our repentance. Not just we have confessed our sins, but we have also decided to forsake them. And God is telling us the same thing he said to David. The Lord also has put away your sin. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Chapter 3 The two main reasons people sin against God and transgress against their fellow humans. The reasons people sin against God and transgress against their fellow humans are the following. Lack of knowledge of the Holy Scriptures and unbelief or lack of faith in what the promises of God and the Holy Scriptures say. God says to us, My people perish or are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6 The only place you can get the knowledge of what the will of God is is in the Holy Scriptures. Jesus said to us, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Matthew 22 verse 37 to 40 When you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, understand that there are 66 love letters from your Heavenly Father. He wants to tell you, first of all, how much He so loves you, so that you can love Him back. John says, We love Him because He first loved us. 1 John 4 verse 19 Then God wants to teach us how to love our fellow human. For we cannot see Him physically, but by demonstrating our love to our fellow humans, we show that we love God. John says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfected in us. 1 John 4 verse 12 if a man says, I love God and hates his brother or fellow human, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother or fellow human whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? 1 John 4 
verse 20. The second reason people sin against God and transgress against their fellow humans is unbelief or lack of faith in what the promises of God in the Holy Scriptures say. God says, My people perish or are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because they have rejected knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6 The second set of people has received the knowledge, yet they rejected it by acting contrary to the knowledge they received. Why? Because of unbelief or lack of faith in what the promises of God and the Holy Scriptures say. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was grieved with the generation and said, They always err in their heart, but they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Hebrews 3, verse 7 to 12 They sinned against God because of unbelief. Christians divorce because they do not believe that God can help them resolve their issues. So though they are taught the word of God, one of the parties chooses to reject the knowledge of the word of God. Christians covet and are envious of others because they do not believe that God can also do the same thing for them. If they act according to the knowledge of the scriptures in that particular area, God says his people, Christians, err or go astray in their heart because of unbelief. Had they known my ways, unbelief would not be a problem unless they chose to reject my knowledge. But they have not known my ways, so we see that they could not enter in the promised land flowing with milk and honey because of unbelief. Hebrews 3 verse 19 Therefore, let us labor to enter into that rest. Let anyone fall after the same example of unbelief. Hebrews 4 verse 11. How can I deal with unbelief or lack of faith in what the promises of God in the Holy Scriptures say? It is simple. Read the Word of God, confess it in prayer, and become a doer of that revelation of the ways of God you have got. For faith or belief comes by hearing, and hearing by the word that God speaks directly concerning you and your issues. Romans 10 verse 17 And your belief or faith is not complete or perfect until you become a doer of what you have read in the Holy Scriptures concerning the ways of God about your particular situation. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Do you see how faith or belief worked with these works, and from the works faith is made perfect or complete? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. James 2 verse 21 to 23.